Sound of another Halloween episode. Kind of. Kind of. Half of a Halloween episode. Half of a Halloween episode. We promised Halloween episodes, so we're going to give them to you. And uh, next week, Saturday, by the time you hear this, we're, we're doing, recording this midweek. We're, we've gone from like a Friday to a Tuesday, Wednesday release schedule. Yeah. So sorry Not about that. Not intentionally. It just it's happened just, that way. We also have real jobs, even though we'd like this to be our only job. So, it's yeah. the way the cookie crumbles. And well, last Thursday, we were up, up at Comic-Con. Yeah, up in Thursday, New York. we were up in New York. That's so, where we're going to spend the first yeah, half of the show talking Very about. timely after a week of it being over. <laughs> right, it's been over for three days, but still. Yeah, it's been over since yeah, Sunday. It was just didn't work out that we could get this done. And um, we've got our live podcast at RetroCon on Saturday morning. So if you haven't heard or we haven't badgered you enough about it, come out and finally see us in person before our YouTube content launches because, you know, at this point it might never launch. Uh, Saturday, uh, October 14th at RetroCon in Oaks, PA, the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center. We'll be there 10.30, 11.30, we'll be joined by the Cybertronic Spree, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Very excited. So, New York Comic Con, what are your, what are your big takeaways? Yep. Um, well, we went, we went up on a Thursday. We it did just, go up the first day. Happens, we, this is our third year of going up on Thursday. On Thursday, and it's just, it just works out for us with our jobs at Thursdays, just the right. day that Plus, we can we get away. we want to get there and make sure we get all the con exclusives we yeah. get. Um, which we still couldn't do, because... God, I couldn't imagine being there on a Saturday. Right. Yeah, it was so it, packed. It, it was packed even for Although a Thursday. Although the guys at uh, Diamond Select were saying that it it is more packed on Thursday than a Saturday. Is it really? Know. Yeah. Because everyone took the same approach, like, uh, it's going to be crowded on Saturday, so we're going to well, go Thursday. Well, I mean, Thursday. they're all uh, they're every day sold out, so. Well, sure. But, yeah. Hmm. But, I enjoyed uh, myself. Yeah. You wanted to get that tiny Rick pin just didn't happen. You didn't see Tiny Rick yet, the episode yet, though, did you? Uh, no. 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 You just wanted the pin? I wanted the pin. Yeah. Because I'm going to see it eventually. It's on my to-do list. Tiny Rick. I scored a couple exclusives. Uh, every year, I get a few exclusives at Titan Vinyl. Uh, last two years, they were Ghostbusters. This year, uh, Pulp Fiction was their big, big uh, license. So I got two of the blind boxes. I got uh, Christopher Walken's Colonel, and he comes with the watch. That was awesome. Yeah. And I got Vince Vega, and I bought their con-exclusive 4.5-inch Butch, uh, which you can see over there. He comes mm-hmm. with the katana, and he's a little bloody. He's about to kill Zed and the Gimp. And uh, I got uh, a couple pins. I got the Scary Terry uh, exclusive from uh, Rick and Morty. Oh, bitch! You know, from when they give him his, his pants, because... They, they get in his dream. Then I got uh, Zombie Sailor Toys. Uh, his he does that series of retro Hasbro action figure pins that never were. He 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 makes the pins. He knows one of the des- lead designers from the, that line, the WWF Hasbro line. 
So he has the blueprints, and he just makes these enamel pens, and he made a battle cat. For only he, he guarantees this is the only merchandise that ever existed <laughs> for Battle Cat. I can believe that. WWE Fresno. So I picked up that con exclusive. I got a couple con exclusive uh, IDW comic books, Ghostbusters and DuckTales. I got the Loot Crate, two exclusives they were selling. Uh, and I got some big news. The final giveaway to our giant <sighs> giveaway is going to be the Stranger Things uh, New York Comic Con exclusive variant of uh, L11 and the Demogorgon. So I got that, but I also picked up the, the Karate Stay Puff, the uh, Karate Kid Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. And you get a T-shirt out of it. And I got a T-shirt because I use my Mastercard. I got a T-shirt, mm-hmm. but I'm keeping those. I'm, but I'm, I'm willing to part with the Stranger Things. Watching your reaction, trying to get your T-shirt, was priceless. Why is that? When they when, asked me which I wanted, yes, I was like, "Are you Vakeman?" They're like, "Who's that?" Look of disgust. What number? Yeah, what number T-shirt is yeah. that? Uh, yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to grab the guy by the throat and slap yeah. him. For, for the number of people there that are so dedicated and in love with whatever they have, there's just as many people there that are just beautiful and handing out flyers. Right. So they have four shirts available. Each of the four shirts has a uh, like a cute kind of Funko-ish version of a Ghostbuster, one of the four Ghostbusters on it, covered in slime. And at the bottom, it said, "He's slimy." Well, if you know the movie, the guy who gets slimed is Finkman. He says the line, "He's slimy." Why would you get any of the other four shirts? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's Venkman. Yeah, I like the Ray one was cute though. I like yeah, the they were all adorable. Sure, but you get Venkman. Plus, he's Okay, well, yeah, that's you. I'm the right. lovable, adorable Ray. Yeah, you're, you're the heart of the Ghostbusters. I, of course, am the mouth. Because <laughs> uh, that's all I have. But, yeah, so I was right. I was kind of pissed. Uh, there was a cool... Th- uh, Enchantress picked up some cool artwork. Uh, she got uh, Bunny Wise. I'll, I'll post that on Instagram at some point. It's a cute little... From Ghoulish Bunnies, they do uh, a lot of cool little artwork. She picked up a print of bunny wise you what did you pick up um i i filled my punisher quota stuff that i was looking for yeah you not pick- th- i mean i could get it anywhere but i was just able to get it cheaper there just to finish off my uh what note what book was that uh it was volume four of uh the punisher max the garthena stuff from like the early 2000s mm-hmm. so it's like him aging real time so this was the end of that was he done with preacher at this point or is he still working on preacher with pre at this point yeah. it was done yeah i thought he had wrapped up preacher by the time he was writing this one okay um but then he just came out with a new one uh punisher uh the platoon which is a prequel to basically the last issue which was also a prequel to the punch so basically the new comic that's out now the new one that's coming out monthly now is a prequel to a prequel pretty much and so i was able to pick that up um because it had just come out the day before and it was already selling out places so i was excited for that got some cute little artwork uh some panda bears and uh shit for uh my daughter's room she'll like that Mm -hmm. but then uh my my pride and joy that i picked up was an uh Album cover of uh, Mouse Rat, <laughs> Learn Learn to Fly, uh, of... Uh, Little Sebastian. Little Sebastian, and uh, uh, f- 5,000 Candles in the Wind, and... It was, it's 10,000. Ten, no, it was 5,000. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was five. 
I'm not good at math. I don't know. But uh, Great song. yeah, so yeah, they, this guy had all this uh, um, original, you know, like would be if they would were be, albums, yeah, yeah, would uh, be album artwork, and it's cool. Like even on the back, like it has like produced by and like written by Andy Dwyer and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. Um, so I picked that up. Eventually, my plan is I would love to do what they did with the one and do a little like shadow box with it mm. with an actual album in it. That would be pretty cool. But yeah, it was a good time. Got it. there was some cool, some cool new stuff to see. A lot of, um, I was surprised the amount of Power Ranger love that was going on. Well, the movie just came out. Yeah, this past but summer. a lot of old school Power Ranger stuff well, too. You know, I know, but you drugs. Take, you know, drag, yeah. you drag the lake. You pull up the yeah. old stuff. But that was that was cool to see. Um, I believe this, what they were going for with this movie. I didn't see it, but from what I heard, it was kind of going for the first iteration of the American Power Rangers, mm-hmm. not any of those other iterations. Which I, I then was just taking pictures and sending them to Amanda because that's her her love. That's her And constant. then I, br- I brought it up, and then I mentioned, I showed her a picture of the Green Ranger helmet, you know, because she loves Tommy, of course. But as Green Ranger, she's okay with White Ranger, although that moment when he reveals himself and Kimberly passes out, she was, yeah, she was fanning herself just thinking about that episode. She's going to hate me for this. Uh, so what else did we see? There was, um, there was a lot of cool, a lot of, there was a lot, it seemed like a lot of people selling art, like, like prints, mm-hmm. art prints. A lot of that. Yeah. Uh, Neil Adams was there signing his covers as always and doing original artwork. Neil Adams is a king, a god. Uh, if you put a Mount Rushmore of comic books, creators that helped establish the genre, I would drop drop him right in on that. Uh, that Alex Ross display. Oh, yeah, they had a huge amazing. Alex Ross. Alex Ross paintings covers are some yeah. of my favorites. It looked like you you felt like, because they had it like carpeted. Yeah, they, like, it was like a museum. Walls. You walked into piece. an art museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it is, it is beautiful art. Yeah. Alex Ross is one of the kings of, of uh, cover artwork. And... Um, there was, uh, you know, there was. Uh, we didn't go into Artist Alley. It was mob. You couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't. We yeah. looked down. A friend of ours who was also there that we didn't meet up with. He went down the escalator, and went right back up because yeah, right. you could not make your way through. There was a Last Jedi uh, display that just had props from the yeah. movie. We didn't even bother with. There's yeah. a long line. It, it, it was cool. Yeah, the line was. It was insane to get through. But what was cool about it was it was big enough and open enough that I kind of stood there and you were able to see pretty much. Everything just from standing on the yeah, outside. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, they were only letting like five people in at a time. Yeah, like yeah. it was. Uh, Amazon had their uh, their huge tick display, and what they had was the terror ship, which you could go on. And they also had a goodie bag. And that, if you give away free shit at Comic Con, the lines are going to be ridiculous. Yeah. And then they had a Alexa experience with the new Jack Ryan series they're producing with Jim from The Office. That was that big black cube, and apparently, like you signed up for it. And then they give you this like beeper, or you get like a text. And you have to give them your number, and like when you get the text, you have to get back as quick as possible to the to the room, that giant black room. I don't, I don't even. Mm-hmm. Know what the, and so, oh, back by the uh, retro living room they had set up. It was behind that. Yeah. 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 I, I was in love with that retro living room. They yeah, were using uh, NES classics, classics and yeah. SNES classics, but then had like old school. They had our uh, 
uh, CRT TV. Yeah, CRT TVs and Rock'em Sock'em Robots yeah. and some other little games just sitting around. And I, I, I got to post that picture then of Bane sitting there playing a Simon. Yeah. It was pretty well, awesome. I was trying to I just to looked do... down. He was just sitting there, Bane, just trying to conquer the game. You will get the sequence. Then you have my permission to die. <laughs> it's a horrible Bane. But I was doing, I was annoying Enchantress with that impression for at least ten minutes after. Afterward, um, and I, there was just so much. Comic Con is just like a bastion of of, of our people. Mm-hmm. There was a, of course, there was a lot of Elevens cosplay. Harley Quinn dominated again, but not as much as last not year. Not nearly as much. But she was she was a dominant force. There was a few Wonder Womans. There's a lot of Ricks and Mortys. Uh, uh, the Mars Attacks one, pretty good. The Mars Attack one was really cool. And uh, you actually met Luke Cage. I did. He thought he knew me. This guy dressed cosplays as Luke Cage. Thought he, I, I was an acquaintance of his. And I was just like, nah, but I really, I really appreciate your Luke Cage cosplay. And we we it was it really good. Yeah. Um, uh, what else was there? There was a lot of Rick and Morty merchandise. Tons mm-hmm. of Rick and Morty stuff. Uh, tons of oh. I wanted to discuss this with you. We were discussing Bethesda. We were looking for the the HTC, yes. which I think I might have just saw an ad and thought they were going to be there. Yeah, you really, which I was surprised that I didn't hear about this because I'm like uh, pretty, you know. Now, Bethesda Games at. makes Fallout. Yes. Now, it speaking of Fallout and Bethesda Games, have you read the latest controversy? This just boils my blood. So the new Wolfenstein game. Oh, yes. You're killing Nazis in America. Mm-hmm. The alt right does not appreciate it. The alt right is taking umbrage with this game because you are killing Nazis in America. Hmm. Do they not like Man in the High Castle then either? I well, I don't know, but uh, that's. But this is a video. You know they love their video games. Yeah. And, uh, and they love Bethesda probably. So I mean, they were, and then I guess me, they th- took they took umbrage with Bethesda's like uh, co-opted "Make America Great Again." It was like "Make America Nazi Free Again" <laughs> in their in their Twitter post. I don't I know mean, when Wolfens- we. Yeah, okay, Wolfenstein. That's, it's been around since ninety one. Kill, killing Nazis since ninety one. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what what's the problem here? It's the games about what, when did killing Nazis become a problem? Let's talk. Let's talk Rocketeer. Let's talk Indiana Jones. I mean, throw some more at me. Or you just killing Nazis is just what you do. Yeah, it's almost like that AOK to kill. Right. Yeah, it's not good to kill, but they're Nazis. So. They're Nazis. So, you know, you're just doing your part. <laughs> In America as well. So I wanted to bring, I don't know if you saw any of that. I, I did just not, saw it no. yesterday. So. But uh, Bethesda was not there. Uh, yeah, they pulled after, the Punisher stuff because yeah. of what happened in I, Las Vegas. I get it. Yeah, that's fine. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's, I don't it know just, when it's going it to drop now. I'm guess it'll probably maybe December. I am. I'm really excited for that. I'm, I'm really excited. I, I saw, did you see the, um, the, um, shattered, uh, shattered comics? Um, tile mosaic. That yes. Was there. It was yes. Spider Man 129. It was, that was just awesome. Yeah, like you, I said, you, if I had ridiculous, what, I think it was three grand. Three if grand, I just yeah. had ridiculous disposable income, so, so basically and what a it basement was, was to this, put it like, or, this no, that would go in my living room. Recreated comic book covers with, as, with tile, mosaic tile, and they were gorgeous. Like, imagine yeah. the work put into this. And this thing was huge. Yeah. Too. It, was, it was probably. 
five feet by three? Three by five, yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And I, I went on and I was on his, uh, was it his Instagram or the website, and they like the work that goes through it and how he actually like blot how he like draws it out on the on the board first and then like the grid system and everything that goes into place into designing this and it's just it's just it was it is it's a piece of work so um now i constantly tell you guys and and i'm always getting shit for not like reading some some uh graphic novels and whatnot uh mainly because it's you know tough for me to catch up but uh, also every week i'm constantly reading different books in the spider-verse it's the greatest thing i think marvel's running right now i love gwenpool i love the gwenham stuff uh i love spider gwen you know uh, anything with the miles morales storyline i am absolutely into i saw a really cool uh gwenham there you saw that too mm-hmm. uh that was really neat yeah. and um the there we saw this really awesome gwenpool i'm sorry a spider gwen print where she's up on a on a subway bus reading a book, and it was gorgeous. And it um, it turns out it was by the same guy, you know that Ghostbusters glow in the dark art uh, Ghostbusters headquarters art print. Chance just got for my yeah. birthday. That you have to help me hang, by the way, because I can't hang a picture. Um, there was he did the same. He did this artwork, and we saw it there, and we both liked it. And and Chance just discovered it was the same artist. It's it's Mr. Doyle. Uh, if you go to Mr. Doyle, M-R-D-O-Y-L-E.com, Tim Doyle, he, uh, he's fantastic, a lot of good prints. And uh, these were exclusive to New York Comic Con, and I really wish I would have picked one up. Uh, it's a really cool, cool piece of artwork. If anything, it was inspiring to see all, you know, so many individuals there and like how creative people can be. And, and then it was kind of depressing, too, because I'm like, wow, people are fucking creative. <laughs> and I'm just along for the ride well you know they're creative and we talk about it so more people know about it okay That's so how. i serve a purpose right all right as long as i serve we a purpose. ran into an author dave craddock mm-hmm. who was selling his book breakout how the apple II launched the pc gaming revolution this i i bought a copy he autographed it for me uh, it's a beautiful book it almost looks like a textbook that's pretty yeah uh it's glossy pages uh, fully, you know, there's, there's full colored pictures of all the games, and I'm pretty, I'm getting deep into this now, and it is, it is um, a great book, and he's agreed to come on, and uh, talk to us on our podcast about the process and everything he learned from this book. So expect that in the future. Also, talk to Blake J. Harris, not at Comic Con, but over email in the last few days. He is the author of Console Wars, a book I've talked about many times on this podcast. Seth Rogen has the movie rights to the book. Him and his partner bought they're going to make it. It's, uh, you know, it's sold as the social network of video games, but it's a fantastic book about the battle between Sega and Nintendo in the 90s. And he's, he's currently working on his new book, which is uh, featured around VR. And he's, he, told, uh, he told me last night that uh, as soon as he's done in November that he's coming on the podcast to talk about. Um, he also is the writer for one of my favorite podcasts, How Did This Get Made? And uh, I was like, the Color of Night episode is one of my favorites. Those guys are hysterical. Uh, so yeah, in November, he's coming. He's going to come on and uh, talk some radier stuff with us. So we got those two authors coming on in the, in the future. Uh, and we're working on other guests. You know, We're going to bring you some guests that, that deal with, Radier stuff, so you don't always have to hear our nonsense. 
even though that's what you like. We're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna bring you people that know what the hell they're talking about, right? And get them to talk nonsense with us. So you know, Blake J. Harris, we're not just gonna talk about your lovely uh, enthralling book. We're gonna make you tell us your favorite McDonald's promotion from the nineties. Uh, so yeah, anything else from the con that you thought really stood out? Uh, well, the one thing that stood out was the lack of something in particular that I was looking for. Um, I don't know if everyone knows because apparently no one does know. Blade Runner hit theaters over the weekend. Yeah, there was nothing. <laughs> there was no, well, there was. Uh, they were giving away promo po- uh, these three prints over the course Saturday, of the time. but there was going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, so oh, yeah, we, weren't, yeah. we weren't there for. They didn't but I didn't have really see Thursday. any Blade Runner. Or anything. There was nothing. Yeah. None of the none of the pop figures because I have one. It should actually be shown up to my house today. I think because since I pre-ordered my ticket because I was one of five people that bought a ticket to go see the movie over the weekend um yeah it bombed it was like 30 only brought in like 30 million yeah which i kind of i almost get in hindsight when you read up on it and it's a very uh smaller it's a smaller demographic than you would think that would go see, see this movie they, I, mean, I don't think it was market no well I well they tube that because they did such a good job of keeping a lid on and not letting anything sneak out all you knew was there's a Blade Runner movie coming out and Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford are in it. That's all yeah. you fucking knew. Now, it was phenomenal and I loved it. And to me, I was one of those guys saying, I didn't want a sequel. It's my favorite movie if it's that particular time of the month. And for me, it was, I didn't, I didn't need it. But they made it and I'm like, you know what? I'm fine with it. I'm glad you did. I, I enjoyed it. But I was expecting something at Comic-Con. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, they really, they really didn't marketing wise no. did not do this movie justice. Uh, they should have taken a, a cue from uh, uh, Warner Brothers, who, or I don't know who even did it, but they did a fantastic job with the marketing Same. campaign. Um, it was Sony. It was Sony. Yeah. Um, and they, they did. Uh, I don't know. I thought yeah, it was, but fantastic. it looked awesome, and on the big like I saw it on the big Dolby screen. You saw the theater I was in, right? Yeah, yeah. You were I the was, only one in it. I was the only one in there. Wait, Blade Runner was Sony, right? Uh, yeah. I uh, was so. it Sony? I thought it was. I don't. At least in the article I was reading, they're talking about how they made their money on they made all their money on it spending thirty million dollars and spent what it made on Blade Runner and made thirty million dollars. No, it was New like Line. That. Oh. That's what I thought. It was New Line. All right, then blame the authors on the internet. Yes, yeah, I've been going this entire this entire time. I've been trusting the internet for uh, you know taking it on its word, and it lied to me. Sony wasn't involved at all. New Line uh, put that out. But yeah, I was rather disappointed about that. And that was my one big letdown. Yeah. I just thought there'd be something there. Uh, well, maybe it's my job to bring something there. <laughs> Quite possibly, you could have you could have done some cosplay. Yeah, I was gonna do a Decker a couple of years ago, and then I got fat again. Oh, adorable! Oh, the one thing I did have issue with was um, Edward James almost was in it, and he was like my favorite character in the in the first one. But like, he lost his whole accent. Hmm. Like you know, in the in the first Blade Runner, he has like the street mm-hmm. kind of like slang to it. Yeah, he just sounded like Edward James almost in well, this he grew one. Up. Yeah, it's kind of weird, though. I was expecting something more. 
so speaking of movie reviews, I we saw uh, Kingsman: The Golden Circle. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. It. I I know it kind of got like meh reviews, yeah. but I thought it was a lot of fun. Was, yeah. Well, that's the kind of movie that's supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. And the trailer dropped for Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Yeah, it did. What were your thoughts? I mean, look, haters gonna hate, 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 as yeah. I've heard. I enjoy it. Look. It, it's a trailer. I take it for what it's worth. I don't look at it in any sequence whatsoever as this means this or this means this because they cut it together and you never know what the hell it's going to mean. It might not even be in the movie. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, <laughs> We Rogue learned One. that from Rogue One. Yeah. Um, but visually, shot for shot, the only thing that worries me a little bit Bark. is Chewie. Oh. I thought he looked like... Yeah, um, it looked like a guy in a costume, didn't it? I, I thought, no, I thought it looked like just CGI. Oh, no. I, I would kill for a guy in costume. No, it looked plastic to me almost. Really? Yeah, it looked weird. Yeah. Maybe it was just because of that scene with the Porg. Are, they had to do yeah, it that are, way. Are we, um, did we just hit the Uncanny Valley? Is that yeah, it? The Is it Chewy? Chewy? Yeah, the Uncanny Chewy. But other than that, shot for shot, well, I have to just watch it more and more and more a couple times over. I'm a Vikings fan, so I was kind of reeling come halftime. <laughs> I tuned out. It was 10, 10 2 at that point, and then they tied it up in the fourth. And sorry, I'm talking about football in the rad years. Yeah. But anyway. Wait, we talk about the Bills. Yeah, that's true. We I could talk about how I got into the Vikings. We had uh, HBO growing up, and I guess Fran Tarkenton's uh, 1970s team did a lot of good stuff. They're known as the Purple People Leader Squeezer. Mm-hmm. I'm more. So NFL Films used to get Harry Callis, the beloved Harry Callis, mm-hmm. would narrate these, uh, the Purple People Leaders take the field in Minnesota, ready to battle down any opponent coming their way. And as you know, the old NFL film, dun, 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 oh, dun, yeah. dun, So I used to watch this over and over, and I'm like, ah, oh, the Purple People Leaders, that's awesome. I, I like the Vikings. I thought that was the current team. No. We're talking 1985-86, the Vikings were garbage. Yeah. And my mom was out one day. She was looking at these, like, child football jerseys that weren't, like, actual jerseys. It was, like, a jersey material with, like, a print of the team. Mm-hmm. The front. She's like, oh, Ryan, you want one of these? I was like, yeah, I like the Vikings. I was like, what the fucking Vikings? That turned in years later, hunting down hats, starters, jackets. Imagine how hard it is to find Vikings uh, gear in Eagles country. Yeah. <laughs> Tough. You're not your you, you were dressed like a little kid from Ethiopia. Yeah, right. The, the Super Bowl winning shirts that never never happened. But I mean, can that we all can't be the Dolphins? Woo, go team! Uh, all right, so Do I think it's time to get into our meat of it, the Halloween. We're only doing three each because yeah, we wanted we rambled to talk a about. bit, and we got a big show coming up, and yeah. Um, I guess it's Halloween. I mean, it's all about being scared. Right. So we're continuing with our theme of Halloween. We're talking about childhood, things that scared us in our childhood. And uh, I guess I'll go first. Uh, this is terrifying, and I might not even be able to get through it. <laughs> Come here, chicken! <laughs> You have to come out sooner or later. And when you do, we'll tear you into little pieces and throw you in the deadly desert. Jesus. So this whole fucking movie is terrifying. <laughs> have you ever seen Return to Oz? Yes. Feruza Balk um, plays uh, Dorothy. 
I don't know if I could get through talking about this movie. So it's six months after she came home from the first movie. And Dorothy is all like melancholy and and, um, depressed. She's melancholy. So they take her to this doctor who wants to shock her. So one night during a thunderstorm, there's a a blackout. And Dorothy's saved by this mysterious girl. And um, this nurse Wilson tries to pursue her. And you you start to realize, all right, these are going to be the characters that just like when Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. early characters are. Uh, so she uh, climbs into this chicken coop, and when she wakes up, uh, she's back in Oz with her chicken, Belina, who can now talk. <laughs> uh, that's who I was like, ah, the whalers! <laughs> in that <laughs> clip. And Emerald City's in ruins, and the Tin Woodman and Cowley Lion return to stone, and the wheelers want to kill her. These things are fucking terrifying. They have long arms and legs that are on wheels. I don't know how they could kill you. Like, I would just, like, if they came at me, like, boom, right in the fucking jaw, mm-hmm. right in the kisser, you know? And then they're, they're over. How are they going to get back up on their wheels? That's a good point. Like, I don't know. I mean, they're terrifying. Do they have, like, one wheeler tow truck that kind of just chills out right, in the back? Right, and up, got to go flip them over. Like, in reality, Dorothy could have just fucking, and if they have nut tes- testicles, like, whoop, and then, you know, now what? And mm-hmm. how are they? Uh, they have the only thing they could grab with essentially is their mouth. Well, so, like hyenas. Yeah, I guess. But they terrified me as a kid, and they yeah. had that like that. Was that were they like a Jim Henson? Like a. I don't know if Henson was involved. Was he involved in this? In this? But it was Walt Disney. Um, uh, it was fucking terrible. But I don't get they. There was so much, and there's another one on my list that. Specifically, was this specifically targeted at kids? I would assume yeah, it is. Yeah. And then they, they, it was Disney. They scared the shit yeah. out of us back in the day. I don't, you don't see this anymore. Right. And then there was... Uh, or maybe it's because we were so traumatized. Now we're the ones making these movies, so we don't want to be traumatized. It would scare the shit out of us to do this ourselves. <laughs> so there was Jack Pumpkinhead, who was scary. And he takes them into... They use this this, like... Moosehead Gump as um, this like flying kind of contraption, like a sled or something. Mm-hmm. And it transports them to the deadly desert where they reach the Gnome King, which is this giant like fucking rock king. Um, and he's got the ruby slippers on. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. And it's, and it's creepy. And there's like, uh, it's just so creepy. I This movie is just terrifying there's a witch who changes heads like swaps different heads and there's just the heads are all living in the in the thing and they're talking and screaming and it's so fucking weird it scared the bejesus out of me when i was a kid like the whole movie but the wheelers especially i could not like i was scared of the first wizard of oz but this movie this movie was fucking jesus (laughs) And it's just, it's scary on a weird level. L. Frank like, Baum must have been on something yeah. fucked up. It's weird, though, because it was the 80s, right? Yeah, of course it yeah, was Yeah, it was 80s. But so, you know, I would think it would just be, because you would assume it's just cocaine, you know? But you look at, like, when cocaine makes oh, a I'm, movie. I'm sure there was a lot yeah. of coke involved. But when, in, when, it, when it's coke and only coke, you get maximum overdrive. Right. <laughs> Which we talked about. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get something a little more earthy, I would think. Mushrooms? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, this was past the acid experiments. I think it was just pure coke. Like, hmm. You do enough of it, I'm sure it fucks with your head. 
You're like, we're going to make the fucking Dantlers and Moose and come alive. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's a great idea. <laughs> Uh, let's put these fucking guys on giant wheels and have them rip her to pieces. Yeah, you'd almost have to think that you're going in there with the intention of... Be- you're w- w- looking at the process of this, and at some point, does anyone go, yeah, we're going gonna to fuck some kids up, and they go, good, yeah, this good. Fuck, yeah, that's what we're going yeah. for, man. Fuck the kids. They, this, they need to know that life is scary, and uh, that if they steal a lunch basket off a lunch basket tree, the wheelers will tear them mm-hmm. to pieces and throw them in the deadly desert. You know, don't steal. That's your lesson. <laughs> don't take what doesn't belong to you. Anyway, that's my, that scared the shit out of me as a kid. Mm-hmm. It still haunts me to this day. Let's see what haunted Lil Squeeze. It's a world of laughter, a world of tears. It's a world of hopes and a world of fears. There's so much that we Don't drink the water in this ride. That's what scared me the most about this damn ride. I went on this when we went to Disney World, but I don't really remember no. it. I, I was so unimpressed at Disney World. Yeah. Well, how old were you when you went? 11. All right. Yeah, so you're in that too cool for the room, jaded, almost a teenager kind of thing. There were so many people around. I just... My sister, I don't even know. If, she, I guess she liked it, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, the, at the time, too, the ride was already, like, almost... 40 years old or something you know it was they made this for what the 64 world's fair oh did they yeah um it was commissioned like by was are you talking the original one disneyland or yeah disneyland but in the the disney world one is the same okay enough um i mean it's based off of the exact same ride now why did this scare you well there's a couple things one well it's a dark ride yeah even though there is a lot of light in it it's still technically a dark ride which I think makes it worse because the way the light's projected and with the, all the little kids, and it's a shadow thing. It is fucking creepy. Yeah, they could have easily changed the noise in that, like to something more yes, ominous, that's and all, it could have been a That's a, all it would take. Ride, yeah. Yes. Um, and also, I didn't, I didn't know this, what was so creepy about all the little kids. Do you know how many different faces there are across all the kids? Mm-mm. Like physical different heads? Mm-mm. One. Oh, it's all the same face. That, it's all the same face Ooh, with just creepy. different shades of color for the different land and then different outfits because that's the idea of it. Because the, the original thing, it was called um, Children of the World oh. for the 64 World's Fair in New York, sponsored by Pepsi. Um, and then after it, then they brought it to uh, Disneyland. But yeah, between that, it's, so it's a, a use of shadows, or not a use of shadows, just shadows that exist. And then, yeah, their faces, but then that water. For me, because it's just this putrid black, uh, this water, there's something about it where you thought it was the, the ocean. Like, for all you know, that was maybe like two feet deep. Mm-hmm. You could have thought it was, you know, 20,000 leagues. Well, I was just joking when, when Lisa drank at Duff World uh, yes. and went insane. But I was terrified of it. And it doesn't help either. We had just gotten off, I think, Pirates of the Car- Caribbean. And I had my one of my. Isn't like, that the same type of deal? Yeah, but there's so much more going on, and it's supposed to be like action packed. So you're like, this is awesome. And you when know, it breaks uh, down, the pirates don't, don't eat, eat the tourists. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I had like my sword and my my little pistol. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you you were dressed as a pirate? Um, no, no, no. But I had after the gift shop on that, I had gotten like the, of course the gun and the, the sword. I went. We went to the gift shop, and my dad was like, "Well, don't don't." 
ask for anything because you're not getting anything. It was mm-hmm. just for looking. <laughs> Look-upons. So I'm walking through with that. Oh, and I had the cuffs, the rubber cuffs that came Why with not? It. Um, hmm. Started early. Um, but now I'm carrying this stuff on Small World. So I'm not even so much afraid of myself. I'm afraid of losing any of my stuff into the water. Well, sure. So I'm holding on to it for you dear love life. Stuff. Um, and there was just something about it. Like I said, it was the water. I would just stare into it. I would just look down and either wait for something to come up and pull me under, or I would fall in. But it's the there's I don't put some lights in the water, or make it. I don't know, dye it, make it look like a color or something like that. But it's just this blackness that sucks you in. And then the tiny little children and the happy song that I'm thinking, there's some, they're lying here. They're lying to me. It's not a small world after all. Which, by the way, it was written about the Cuban Missile Crisis. That's where the inspiration for a small world came from. Nah. So, yeah, it, it, has, you know, it has its bases in, in absolute horror and terror. The darkest hours of humanity, and we get this cute little song come out of it. Um. Yeah, I guess it's cute. It's uh, quite annoying. Well, actually, it was supposed to be. Ri- it was a lot slower. Um, and then Disney's like, "Nah, I don't like it. Speed it up." So they started just like off the cuff, like, "Hey, it's a world of laughter, a world." And he's like, "Oh, I love it." And it stuck. And then they actually changed the name of the ride to Small World from uh, Children of the World. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, it. And also, I didn't realize this. It's like. A 15-minute long ride. Is it? Yeah. Again. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that until I uh, was looking online for like... years ago I went on this ride. Yeah, I was looking for clips of it online and people post their videos. That's, that's where you know it's creepy. Like, you might remember it being creepy, but watch a video of it. Yeah. And a video tour of Small World is terrifying because, again, <laughs> the video highlights the contrast between these shadows, too. I should and, uh, take one of those video tours and change the music on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it would Let's see if it's it might even be up there. Yeah. So that is fucked up. But Mine... they went into that with best intentions of it being like sweet and cute. Oh, well, and sure. Peaceful. And a lot of the Disney stuff they went into. We're, we, we're two Disneys in a row. One, two for two. Disney. The list isn't us. over yet. <laughs> list is not. Um, my next one is not a Disney thing. It uh, it was a parlor trick that. Uh, Crazy people turned into something scary. You're moving it. No, I'm not. You're moving it. You're moving it. Would you just quiet? I'm trying to concentrate here. And I'm not moving it. You're moving it. Remember that commercial for the Ouija board? I do. Now, the Ouija board was invented in, I believe, the early 1900s, maybe late 1800s. And it consists of this flat board with the letters of the alphabet, like yes, no, goodbye on it, and some numbers. And it has what's called a planchette, which is a kind of triangle with a, with a little looking glass in the middle. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to rest your fingers on it and you know, ask it questions. It was purely a, a parlor trick until the World War I when spiritualists started using it as a divining tool. Uh, believing that the dead were able to contact the living through said Ouija board. Uh, then the Christians got a hold of it. And the Christians... Oh, and this list isn't over yet either. ...started <laughs> warning us against Ouija boards, saying they could lead to demonic possessions. 
Occultists, on the other hand, uh, were divided on the issue, saying that it could be a positive transformation and uh, actually, you know, um, you could actually talk to the dead one. You can't do any of this stuff on it. It's, it's Wait, so it, it started off as people knew this, this was a, a trick. trick. Yeah. Hey, this is pretty cool. Check this out. Right. And then it was down the road where they started adding stuff to it. Well, nothing ever changed about it. No, but I mean, that's just when the, they started the idea behind it, it making it, yeah. building a story behind yes. something that's been around for like 20 years. So when I was probably, I don't know, eight or nine, I, I wasn't too old. It was my parents, my mom made the worst decision of her life and put us in vacation Bible school during the summer. For the people that work there or for you? Ah. <laughs> uh, it was, I don't know, they, they put Chris Leeson on it. And we are all, since we we're all different ages, we are all in different groups. Mm. So I was in this group and these That's two. what they do, they separate you. Yeah, well, yeah. These two, and I was, I hated every second of it. And I told my mom I hated it. These two teenagers were, were teaching us in this. And they were t- teaching us, they told us, they were telling, they told us these stories that they were telling us were dead to the water truths about d- demonic possessions and these kids using Ouija, they told us Ouija boards are, are a portal to hell and that Satan himself controls them. Oh, that's right. You guys were Catholic. Yeah, but this wasn't a Catholic. Catholics don't believe in that, really. Well, no, but they're very negative. I mean, they believe in possessions and the exorcism was Catholic, but this was like a Lutheran, so it was just pure. Really? Because I was raised Lutheran. I went to the Lutheran camps and like well, this... they would teach you like, hey, you should do good deeds and help people. No, this was just a Lutheran church running it. But okay. they could have been any born again type of okay. Christian, and you. So they're telling us it's it's demonic and it's a portal to hell, and that this the Ouija board convinced this guy to murder. They they made up all sorts. They scared the living shit out of me till I didn't even. I saw it in the toy store, and I was I didn't want to look at it. I was I and I wonder why people <laughs> people had it, and and they, they also told stories about like white, you know, uh, music and the, the Zeppelin and 666 and demonic possession. No, that's true. It's not true. And, but, you know, these fucking weirdos tell kids this and it serves no other purpose, but I, I don't know. And they, I think they really believed it at the time too, which was the craziest point. But no, Ouija board is just a piece of cardboard with a glossy printing over it and a piece of plastic There's with felt on the bottom. There's no divining. I mean... Go to raise a cult and ask them what the Ouija board can do. You're, you're, you're being amateurs. If you want to conjure the spirits, you're going to have to build some sort of psychokinetic antenna in a, a uh, high-rise in New York City. You know, mm-hmm. that's... Right. Be a fucking over professional. The, over the course of 6,000 years, right. of course. Yeah. yeah, you're not going to be able to do it with a toy. That's all I'm saying, mm. you know. The Gozerians knew what they were doing, the, Ouija board, no. the Christians at the vacation, bi- vacation Bible school. Ugh, God. I just feel it's such a waste of energy attacking something like a Ouija board. Yeah, I know. But, you know, they attack Pokemon. Just, why? Because why, why not? I don't know. Uh, they talk Harry Potter, the witches. I mean, if you can attack uh, something. Yeah, it's, dark magic. Well, the shit. parents' television console, which is a, a group of assholes who decide to tell you what you should and should not watch. I think, I don't even know what. They used to hate WWF back in the day. Well, I mean, big boss man driving around a hearse, dragging the big show's father behind him in this casket as the big show is hanging on. It was all a show, though. It was hilarious, it was, but it's so wrong. 
Right, but yeah, people are in their in their crusades. Speaking of crusades, I mean, the Christians went down and slaughtered many Arabs to try and <laughs> force them to be Christian and not Muslim, right? Yeah, but it was okay. Yeah, that was that was a crusade. At least we're not there anymore. Um, but yeah, that's Ouija board scared the hell out of me as a kid. Now it's you know. What would you do? Well, at what point were you like, okay, I'm good with this? It was a few years later when I kind of dropped all the. I was okay with everything. By the time you were working at KB, it didn't scare you anymore. No, it didn't scare okay. me anymore. I started to get more into science mm. with my help of my Charlie Brown encyclopedias. Did you have those? I did not know. Yeah, Charlie Brown encyclopedias. I, that's what I would research, and then I, I then we had a world book encyclopedias. We so had world book. Yeah, more doing more science. I would I'd constantly be perusing them. For any knowledge, I became thirsty for the truth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we still haven't found it, but questioned it. It's out there. It's out there. Carl Sagan knew it. Anyway, let's go on to your next scary. Evidence in the Bible points to the fact that September 6th of 1994 will be the last day of the final tribulation period. First, second, third, fourth, fifth. 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 15th day. No, I'm not completely clear on what's happened on, on, on September 6th. Lots is going to happen. When I beheld, when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. That's this day right here. This could be the day when Christ returns. This date right here. Okay. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. In other words, tremendous cataclysmic cataclysmic things are happening all over the world it is terrible super terrible and everyone will know it's judgment day but it'll be too late for salvation because that ended on the sixth it's possible i suppose that no one will end up in hell and everyone will be so good no 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 no. so salvation ended on the sixth you missed a deadline for salvation oops yeah it was yeah it was like okay here's the deadline or uh the world ends on the 10th and go oh by the way it really ended like 10 days ago. Was that from The Simpsons? Like, what was that? No, that was, that was a BBC interview with Harold Camping in 1994 at this point. Now, who was Harold Camping? He was. Pretend I don't know anything. Okay. Say it back. To oh, me. you don't know anything. God, that felt good. No. You never studied. I was setting you up for a Ghostbusters line. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I wasn't paying. You never studied. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God damn it. Harold Camping. Uh, was a gentleman who um, ran, operated uh, Family Radio, which was a Christian radio broadcast that's been around since the 80s, still managed by his family today. He passed in, I believe, 2012, 2013, um, after he went 0 for 12 with his end-of-the-world predictions. Um, but this one in particular... Well, his world ended. Well, yeah. Uh, well, it, it ended in 2011 after he predicted that the world would finally end then in the spring. And then like, dude, what the hell happened? He's like, oh, no, no, it's a spiritual apocalypse. The physical apocalypse won't happen until October. And they're like, oh, okay. Which if anyone knows history, John Van Leiden tried to pull this shit back in like Munster in the 1500s and eventually got tied to a stake and pulled apart alive by burning tongs. Um... Didn't the, but, the Mayans is 2013, right? 
I thought it was 2012. Was it? No, yeah. No, no. But it's been it, so many. Yeah, because the calendar ends. And they're like, oh, it's the end of the calendar. So the world ends. It's like, yeah, but then another one starts, just like ours. Yeah. It's like, oh, 1998 ended. Well, it's the end of the world. No, because 99 happens now. Um, anyway, in 1992, this guy wrote a book entitled 1994, because there's a question mark at the end of 94. Hmm. And it's all about him predicting how he used math to take all the dates and information in the Bible and predict that the, end, the world was going to end. And he had picked uh, September 6, 1994. And I was in a, uh, uh, like a, a day camp, like a summer camp thing. It was like in school, like, here, go here for a couple hours, you know, and then you know, mom picks you up after, you know. And I'm sitting there in the cafeteria on like we were eating lunch and a magazine was going around. I don't, I don't even know what magazine it was. It might have been uh, like one of the fucking... National Enquirer? You know, National Enquirer, one of those World rags. Daily News, one I, of the Bat Boys? No, I, I think it was something more legit. Like it might have been like a Newsweek or like an Us Weekly or some shit, something along those lines. But they had a, a thing, an article in it and it was kind of like a... And it was talking about this book. And it just started talking about the end of the world and all this, and I didn't read any more into it than the world is going to end and I'm going to die. Uh. And little Squeezer freaks the fuck out. I'm sitting there. I Valentine's got this. Day. Bummer. Valentine's Day. Bummer. <laughs> I get this pit in my stomach. I am now sick. And I'm nearly in tears. I'm just choking back to tears because I think I'm, I just read this. This magazine just told me I'm going to die. Yeah. So I tell the counselors I'm sick. My grandparents have to come pick me up. I go back to their house, and I'm just laying there pretending I'm sick. Meanwhile, I'm just hiding under a blanket, crying my little squeezer tears out. <laughs> Mortified. And this probably went on for like a week. Like I'm living with, I'm a nine-year-old living with a panic attack. Like I'm going to die. Why didn't you ask anyone about it? I, I didn't want to worry anyone else. Figure they're going to die too. I don't, I'm like, shh. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, uh, I guess, you know, Mama Squeezer picked up something's wrong here. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, the world's going to end. She's like, uh-huh. Harold Camping predicted. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. And I got to like, see what this motherfucker looks like. Oh, he looks exactly like you think he's going to look. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she, um, yeah, she yeah, talked me down off like my cliff. He looks like a Simpsons cliff. character. Yes. Look like. That would predict the end of the world. He looks like how, uh, did you see Red State? Oh, yeah. He looks like he could have been in that I, w- I was thinking about it the whole time as I was watching him do his interviews. Um, but, yeah, thanks a lot, Harold, for scaring the little crap out of me. Um, well, he's dead now. He yeah. His end of the world can't get you now. Yeah, I know. But um, Yeah, he was, went 0 for 12. But it was, it was the – I still remember like vividly sitting there and just getting sick to my stomach and just mortified. This is the end. I'm going to die. I have, I have nothing to live for because my, it's just going to rip me apart and I'm dead. So I, on Wikipedia, there's a picture of a billboard that his familyradio.com put up. Mm-hmm. It says, Judgment Day, May 21st, cry mightily unto God. Monday through Friday, live open forum, 630 to 8. And then it has one of those like starbursts that you'd put like, like come get your, mm-hmm. and it says the Bible guarantees it. <laughs> Well, the best part is they he, the one thing out of it the came Bible. And went. 
The Carol, one, the one thing out, sake. out of the Bible that he leaves out is that I believe it's Matthew something 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 mm-hmm. clearly says that you cannot, no one will know when the world's going to end. Man will not know. But he kind of leaves that one part out. Well, before he died on his duh, deathbed, we're going to do our best to destroy it ourselves. Though. <laughs> yeah, we're going to beat you to it. Right. Um, on his deathbed, he's like, oh, I was wrong. I sinned by predicting these dates, and no one can really know it. Yeah, but you made a shit ton of money in the process, didn't you, buddy? All right. And you scared little Squeezer. God creates man. Man creates, creates God. Um, God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man, man destroys, destroys God. Man creates, creates dinosaurs. Dinosaurs eat man. man. <laughs> Women inherit the earth. Ah. Yeah, well... That's the truth. God help us. We're in the hands of engineers. Here's my last pick. And we're going to listen. This is going to be a little tale. This is a full story. So, Oh, can I take my headphones off? I don't like this. Get into, uh, this is about two, two minutes or so. So get into, um, you're the right headspace for a scary story you tell in the dark. The Big Toe. A boy was digging at the edge of the garden when he saw a big toe. He tried to pick it up, but it was stuck to something. So he gave it a good hard jerk, and it came off in his hand. Then he heard something groan and scamper away. The boy took the toe into the kitchen and showed it to his mother. It looks nice and plump, she said. I'll put it in the soup, and we'll have it for supper. That night, his father carved the toe into three pieces, and they each had a piece. Then they did the dishes, and when it got dark, they went to bed. The boy fell asleep almost at once, but in the middle of the night, a sound awakened him. It was something out in the street. It was a voice, and it was calling to him. Where is my toe? It groaned. When the boy heard that, he got very scared. But he thought, it doesn't know where I am. It will never find me. Then he heard the voice once more. Only now it was closer. Where is my toe? It groaned. The boy pulled the blankets over his head and closed his eyes. I'll go to sleep, he thought. When I wake up, it will be gone. But soon he heard the back door open. And again he heard the voice. Where is my toe? It groaned. Then the boy heard footsteps move through the kitchen into the dining room into the living room, into the front hall. Then, slowly, they climbed the stairs. Closer and closer they came. Soon, they were in the upstairs hall. Now, they were outside his door. Where is my toe? The voice groaned. His door opened. Shaking with fear, he listened as the footsteps slowly moved through the dark toward his bed. Then they stopped. 
Where is my toe? The voice groaned. You've got it! Now, to hear the rest of this, to know the rest of this, you have to get yourself a copy of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And, and give yourself a read. Are you okay? Are you going to make it through the rest of the night? Oh, I'm mortified after that. This book <laughs> was the most popular book in grade school, elementary school, was it not? Mm-hmm. And it's two sequels, more yep. scary stories to tell, and even more scary stories yes. to tell in the dark. These three books were, the, the, everyone wanted them, and they were always out of the library. You couldn't, it was hard to get. And then when the book fair came by, because they were put out by Scholastic, yeah. when the book fair came by, like, ev- like you had to get to the book fair because they would sell out quickly. Oh, I would just buy my erasers. Uh, this, these were the coolest uh, books, and like you, you, when you had sleepovers, you'd read these, and you'd read. The, I don't know. We always read these, and then somehow I always thought Bloody Mary was part of these. It's not. I don't know if it is. Huh. It might be. Might be. But Bloody Mary was always a thing we did at sleepovers. Mm-hmm. Try and conjure Bloody Mary. Hey, we you, you dare kids to go do it in school too, going in the bathroom, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's before light switches were magic. Yeah, and we we'd run out, run out, and uh, you know, be scared. It was fun. Yeah. Was being being scared was fun, and uh, I'll never forget the scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, Looking back, you're like, really? Yeah, they, was- <laughs> they yeah. Whereas really, that was the, but they were never like too scary where you'd have nightmares or something. But they mm-hmm. were fun to like read and tell, and you know that like thrill you got from reading. That's probably why we read Stephen King books, because not long after that, everybody was walking around with with Pet Cemetery or Carrie mm-hmm. or it, um, like they were like. It, like everyone was instead of Bibles at my Catholic school, everyone had a Stephen King book. Sure. But no I one mean, tell the difference. You also had uh, Goosebumps. Yeah, you know, Goosebumps, Fear Street, Fear Street. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about Marl those. Stein. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, those were always really popular, and uh, um, Fear Street were more before Goosebumps came kind of near the end of my you know young adult run. Really? Kind of. I was running reading Stephen King already. Oh, all right. And Michael Crichton. Uh, my sister read Goosebumps. So I was like, oh, you're little small books. I'm, I'm reading my novel. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's my, my last pick, my uh, scared, uh, things that scared me. Um, should we go do in the bathroom right now and do Bloody Mary? Oh, wait, you have one <laughs> last pick. <laughs> this, um, this was traumatizing. I mean, yeah. this wasn't like I am afraid the world's going to end, but this is as far as movies that scare me go and probably wasn't intended to do so as much as it did. This, I, the most horrifying thing I remember as a child before I thought the world was going to end. I can just tell this is supposed to be a scary poem. It's a good thing I'm grown up. I probably would be a little frightened. I didn't. I just just came into my head now. Mm-hmm. That scene in Dumbo, not Dumbo, Pinocchio, 
when he joins all the bad kids and oh. they drink the alcohol and they turn into donkeys. Yeah. Ah! And they're crying for their mothers. Well, I had originally, I was going to talk about American Tale when they're on the boat yeah. trip coming over. Holy yeah. shit. Well, that was Disney. That was Don Bluth. That was, yeah, Don Bluth. But and still, Emily. all those. But I'm talking, there's these yeah, kids' movies. Well, even, even fucking uh, Land Before Time. Yeah. Big fucking, oh, I keep seeping that part. We got to not use it at oh, Oops. But uh, all dogs go to heaven. Getting oh. carried off by the demons. Oh, yeah. Well, that was kind of like, uh, like Ghost scared me in yeah. that sense. I was thinking about all dogs go to heaven, but this, because, but then again, I'm thinking, it made me more sad than scared. I bawled my eyes out. I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it, it makes Toy Story 3 crying look look like a, a drizzle compared to All Dogs Go to Heaven crying. Mm-hmm. But the fucking Jabberwocky. Yeah. And Alice, uh, well, this is technically, it would be through the looking glass. There was, um, they made a Alice in Wonderland two-part made-for-TV movie in 1985 that ran on CBS. And then eventually it came to home video and stuff. But this movie, this scene scared the living crap out of me when she finally returns home and she reads this poem and she realizes, this is through the looking glass, so she realizes she's still on the other side and by reading the poem, she releases the Jabberwocky, which is basically like an amalgam of all her fears and the fear of growing up. So basically she has to work through the whole fear of growing up and giving up her childhood and all those kind of dreams and stuff like that. And she does, and it ends with, you know, her sending the Jabberwocky back into the mirror, you know, saying that she doesn't believe in you and I'm not afraid of you and kind of like the whole, you know, fending off the monster by, you know, using reality. Uh, it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't believe what she's saying. This giant monster-looking thing, dragon-esque, uh, it was terrifying. This was a Jim Henson uh, creature. And there's, I, again, I'm watching, I'm like, I get it. I understand why a little nine-year-old, or how old was I when I probably saw it? Six or seven, maybe. I understand why I would be mortified at this thing. Yeah. And I still have it burned in, like, the memory of me being scared. I ran out of the room right. and hid, like, in the kitchen from this damn monster. The rest of it, I loved. I love this. This is my Alice in Wonderland. No, I you never know, saw it, this one. Oh, really? I don't think it, it's, so. Oh, it's so good. It's, I mean, it's packed, too. The cast is awesome. You got uh, Sherman Hemsley, Roddy McDowell's in it. Telly Savalas is a Cheshire cat. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Carol Channing. Ringo's in it. Ringo. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. was uh, the um, uh, Caterpillar. Mm. Uh, Pat Morita's uh, in it. Oh. Yeah, Ernest Borgnine's in it. It's like go and just look at the cast of this. It's awesome. Oh, um, and uh, a young Natalie Gregory, who is going to be a big star, played Alice, and she was going to be it, but drugs. No, she's. I think she <laughs> went to school. She's a physicist now. I think. I know she went into you know, to go for physics, but good for she's her. She's probably doing more with her life and more for the world. And sure, but. Yeah, I mean, she was a big star when this came out. But uh, that fucking Jabberwocky, man, still. Still haunts you. Still haunts me to this all the, day. All, I think all these things still sit in our psyches and kind of haunt us a little bit. But that's yeah. the good thing. That's what Halloween's all about. Yeah. Facing your fears and being a little scared. We went on, a little, make this a little longer, we went to Bates Motel in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. 
Um, really cool. A lot of fun. We went, the hayride was probably the coolest part. The production value in this hayride, the money that they must have, animatronic T-Rex head. <gasps> like there's a lot of spoilers. Sorry. I said, it. yeah, but there's so much cool stuff. Then you go through the corn maze and there's a lot of good scares. And then the, you go through the Bates Motel, the haunted house itself. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, check it out. It's, I think it's BatesMotelPA.com. If you're in the Northeast area, get down and check it out. Um, I want to kind of give a longer review on it on a website, but you know, when am I going to have time to do that? We got RetroCon coming up on we Saturday. We got a live show in. Uh, f- well, when are, are you going to get this up right away? Tonight, yeah. All right, in wait, what day is it? This would be Wednesday. Let's Tomorrow's see. Thursday, Thursday, then Friday, Friday. Holy then Saturday. Holy shit! There's not a lot of time, folks, for me yeah. to stop cursing. Yeah. So uh, if you want to come see us embarrass ourselves on Saturday morning, do so because it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, other than that, next the following week, well, that's our live show, so that's going to go up. And then the following week, we're going to have we're going to watch some scary movies, and uh, like All Dogs Go to Heaven <laughs> and Fievel and <laughs> Alice actual, in Wonderland. I, you guys wanted a ho- review on horror movies? You're getting a review of horror movies and Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, they might be rebooting it, and I'm I not heard, okay with I it. I heard. I'm not either. I'm not okay with it, but nonetheless. Um, that's all we have for this latest New York Comic Con slash Halloween episode of the Radiators podcast. And we'll see you Saturday morning. Yeah. At RetroCon. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Good night. (laughs) 